And you know what that means. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Generation of Wrestling Podcast. As always, is yours truly, the 27-year-old piece of gold franchise, a.k.a. the showstopper, better known as the G.O.W.'s resident tribal chief. And with me, as always, I got my tag team partner, my brother, my family, me and my no. He is the flyest in the room, Mr. One, Two, Three. Pin that ass down, K. Breezy, better known as Stephen A. Kimbrough in the building. Bro, how you doing? Man, I'm good, bro, man. What's good with you, man? Man, I'm good. I'm good, man. Just ready to talk a little bit of that wrestling. So this week, man, we are going to do is this week in wrestling uh, a review show where we cover multiple shows. So normally we have a SmackDown or a Raw or NAC or AEW. Well, today, you know, since we're catching up, we're going to kind of throw a little bit of everything in this show. So with that being said, we're going to go in chronological order and we're going to start off with AEW. How you feel about that? Um. Oh, I was about to say like raw first. Okay, I didn't mean like alphabetical. I thought you meant like when you said chronological. I thought you was going like okay, we're gonna start with raw because it's Monday. Then, uh, hey, no, nah, we can do AEW. That's fine. We can, we can knock that out. Yeah, man. Yeah, macro chronicle time, man. Time, time, I time. I, I was thinking the order of when the shows came on. I wasn't thinking alphabetical. <laughs> I, I, I'm older. Don't worry about it, folks. <laughs> and he ain't that old man. Hey, you don't even know, man. He he, thirty two. Yeah, yeah, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 look, if our if our truth ain't 50 yet, you still 32, damn it. Yeah, shit. Shit, he looks 60 now. But go ahead. Hey, hey, John Cena was your childhood hero. I do. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm older. <laughs> all right. Let's roll, man. All right, man. All right. All, all jokes aside, all jokes aside. All right. So we started off the show. Before I before I even get to what happened, did it seem like they had piped in audio noise in this one, in this show to you? It did seem a little extra. I think they, I, I think they, I think they've been doing it for a while now because you've been having the regular people there, but it's it's been a little. It, it it they they have been doing something to make it seem like it's a lot more people. It's not as obvious as WWE. Maybe it right. was for this episode, but it they have been doing that for a minute now. Yeah, because I, I I noticed it when they did this segment. But anyway, all right, so we got Warlow, we got MJF in the back, and you know they're pretty much. Uh, Warlow's getting an interview, getting ready for his match with Adam Hangman Page. There's going to be a qualifying match for next week. And then the winner of that match will go on to face the AEW World's Champion. And I just want to skip right to it. So there was a point in the segment where the interviewer had asked, you know, Warlow, like, hey, man, it's a pretty good, you know, a chance that in this match, if you beat, excuse me, if you beat Hangman, you go on and if you win the title, you know, that's a possibility. And then as soon as the thought came out of her mouth, MJF stepped in really, really quick, and he made it very well known. And the reason I want to bring this up is because you called this. You, he said that if MJF or whatever, you know, I mean, excuse me, if Warlow wins the, you know, the match and he goes on to fight for the title, if he wins the title because he works for MJF, what is his is MJF's, which means MJF will then, will then be the champion. And then Warlow is kind of like, yeah, man. You're right. You're right. And you kind of seen Warlow like, okay, I see where we're going with this. Now, Too Cold, a.k.a. Stephen A., man, you called this. You said it. You said it. You said it a week ago. You said that if Warlow got an opportunity, MJF is going to use his status as his boss and pretty much take it from underneath him. You called it, man. How do you feel about now that it's out in the open and this is possibly where we're going with this? Well, <clears throat> I, well, keep in mind, 
I don't believe that Warlow is actually winning. Like I didn't, I didn't believe he would win the tournament. But if it's like, it's like, how can we put MJF back in the title picture? Well, since you put Warlow in the tournament, I could see MJF saying if he was to go out and you know win the tournament and get the the number one contendership opportunity that MJF will find some way to take it from him. And it right. is like that, but that's the kind of asshole that MJF is, that he would do something like that. And it made perfect sense. That's his character. That that seems like the perfect thing he would do. So, yeah, if that was the direction they were going, obviously, but they, even if it, if, regardless if it's their, their final decision or not, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was sweet to know that they were at least, thinking the same thing I was thinking. Like you would have MJF basically say, no, if Warlow was to get it, it would be my championship. I would be the champ. Almost kind of like that Ted DiBiase way where he bought yeah. the championship from Andre the Giant. But you know, this way he he's not buying it from Warlow. He's just gonna take it because he's the boss. Right. Yeah, that, that's all that really was. It was it was just that if he if he was going to win, I could see that happening because that would be because you already told the story when he lost to Moxley and he had pushed uh, Warlow, and Warlow was like he's about to war off on that ass, and he didn't. So it's like, okay, you planted the seeds there. Eventually, there's going to be a distinction, and the reason why Sammy Guevara got the over big coat is because Warlow made sure that uh, it wasn't done properly. So, Well, you know, speaking of Warlow, yeah, he was actually the very first match of the night, man. So we had Hangman Adam Page versus Warlow. Like I said, this was a qualifying match to advance to the next round. The winner would, you know, face – we'll get to that a little later. But the winner of th that match next week will end up going on to face John Moxley at full gear. So mm. we had Hangman. Mm. Mm. What? The winners are having a final – the tournament is, is – uh... Moxley's fighting uh, Kingston at Full Gear. He is fighting. The, winner, the, 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 the two finalists are going to fight at Full Gear for the number one contendership. Right. And then the winner of that will face whoever we'll fight, wins. Yeah, yeah, somewhere, somewhere else down the line, yeah. All right, man. So let, let's let's get to this match. I, to me, I like the match. I liked it. Uh, uh, yeah, Warlow, he looked really good in this. He looked really, really good. I knew Hangman was going to win. Uh, Hangman did a great job of selling for Warlow, but I like how he sold for Warlow, but still made the match interesting. Like he didn't just get his ass whooped the whole entire match and then just pull a one, two, three roll up. Like, you know, he came back, he fought, he sold it. I like how Warlow, you know, kind of made uh, Hangman really fight, especially with the Lariats. But the first Lariat, that wasn't enough. Hang and Hangman didn't even try a pen attempt at the first Lariat. And he came back, boom. He didn't go there. Yeah, he came back and got his ass with a second one. Uh, what did you think of this match, man? Who stood out most to you in this match? They both did. It was a good match because, like you say, Warlow, he played the true big heel, big muscle, strong heel, where Paige, what we knew, uh, looking at it on paper, you know, you're like, man, Paige got to, you know, Paige got to pull something out of his ass to, to really get over and beat Warlow. Warlow's not going to be an easy victory. And that's where I that's why I made me throw out the the prediction that if Warlow was to happen to make it to the finals, I could see why MJF would do what he did. But uh like I said, Warlow played his part. He was the big monster heel. Uh Paige played his part. He was the face, trying to, you know, trying to find a way to overcome this big muscle guy that's that he's taking his hardest punches and just brushing them off. Like so, I, I I think both guys stood out. Uh, the the ending went well with the buckshot lariat having to be done twice because you didn't make Warlow look weak. 
because you had to hit him twice. Normally, you hit one dude with that move and it's over. Yeah. You hit it. The fact that you had to do it twice. As a matter of fact, the first one didn't even really not rock him to his knee. It was the second one that really yeah. got him. The first one kind of just made him stagger back. But that that made Warlow look good in defeat. That made Page look overcoming. That you know, once you know he went. The the one thing we know about him, he can reach deep down <clears throat> and and you know and and bring that 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 toughness out of him that that would over you know prevail him to win. So uh, I thought they a uh, good opening match. Uh, it didn't go too long. It was. It, it hit at the right spots, and, and both men look good. Next up, we had a promo from Mox, and, and, you know, he pretty much said that he worked his hardest to make the AEW title the number one spot, uh, prize in the sport. He said it's not nothing. You know, normally it would be just business, but he said with Eddie Kingston, you know, after all that they've been through, and I, after all that Eddie put them through, that, you know, this match, when they fight, man, it's going to be personal. And he said that he plans to crush egos and tell Eddie to protect his neck. Uh, then next up in the next segment, you had Eddie Kingston. He cut a promo and he said, how dare you be the world champion and not be here, which is something that a lot of people had talked about since Mox's title reign. You're the world champion and you really haven't been there that much on TV. And he said, you know what? Screw it. I'm sick and tired of talking. I'm ready to fight. What did you feel about these two promos? And did you did you feel like Eddie Kingston, man? Did you feel like he really had a point? Because that's been the number one knock on Fox. He hasn't been there a lot. We know why, to a degree, why he hasn't been there. But do you feel like that's a valid argument with Mox? No, not really, because he was just wrestling not too long ago. Like, I mean, yeah, maybe. I mean, but how much how much do you really want him on TV? And also, you got to think about it. This is dynamite. This is a two-hour show. Not everybody wrestles. Jericho don't wrestle every week. Now, yeah, you can say, well, Jericho may be on TV, but, you know, it depends on what Jericho's doing. So, you know, there's certain people uh, with Moxley. He's he he had a match, you know, with Kingston. Then he had another match with Kingston. Then he had a match with a uh, he had a regular match with somebody. Who did he fight on TV? Uh Was that Kingston? Yeah, I think that was Kingston. He had beat. So, yeah, I think that's the no, no, was it? No, it wasn't Kingston. It was um, no, 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 no. Who, who did Moxley fight? That Kingston choked him out. Remember when him and it, it was it was it was it was Kingston and the Lucha Bros, and that's when uh they were congratulating. I can't remember who he was fighting, but Moxley was there. I mean, yeah. the, but but my my point being is, regardless if he's actually at in the ring or doing cutting a promo, that's what a lot of them do. Okay, Jericho's a little different. But he's also, you know, intertwining with a story with MJF. You're not really getting a lot of wrestling from them either. They're just doing their doing those short promos. So this is what AEW does. And ever since, you know, for the past few months, they've been bringing in a lot more people. A lot of the people we've been missing for the last few months have been showing back up. So, you know, they're trying to give everybody proper time. So if you need Moxley to cut a two-minute, three-minute promo, that's fine. I mean, you want to see him wrestle week in and week out. I don't think you want to see Moxley wrestle week in and week out. Uh, he's good. He's that dude. But I don't think you 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 don't want to lose that allure of watching Moxley wrestle. And yeah. with this rivalry with him and Kingston being so personal, actually, I'm more with the word the war of words. I I'm I'm okay with the back and forth because you're 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 selling me on the match. And this is what I want. I want you to sell me on the match. Now, for me, I feel like the biggest issue is people feeling like Kingston shouldn't get this title shot, you know, considering he already had a title shot and he lost. So, you know, I feel like that's that's the bigger issue that a lot of people are complaining about because they don't feel like it should be him or they don't feel like it should be him right now. They should build more on it. But 
honestly, you're clearly building up uh, with with the, uh, the 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 tournament for the No More Contendership. You're building up for your next big rivalry. We all see it on the wall. John Moxley, Kenny Omega, the cleaner. Right. Kenny Omega going to get that singles championship. So I'm not. I'm not mad about that. I said it's time for AEW to put one of their originals, somebody yep. that's from them that they brought in with them, not somebody that came from WWE or somewhere else, but um, even though they came from New Japan, but they're the originators of the company. They're building it up. They're, they're the organic of a guy. You know, we never seen Moxley, uh, not Moxley, we never seen Omega in WWE. So therefore, to see him come up in AEW, be what he was in New Japan, be that cleaner guy, get that championship opportunity. That's what AEW needs. That's what we're getting. That's what they're building up to. But as far as not seeing Moxley enough, he's been cutting promos. That's fine. Um, if you want to have him come out and have a one-on-one match with somebody and beat him up right quick, okay, yeah, sure, maybe you can ask that. But for the most part, no. I- I've been fine with the war of words between him and Kingston. Yeah, I'm going to just hit kind of on what you said exactly. I feel the same way. I feel like the one thing, uh, you know, with WWE, the problem is, you know, you see the the champion. It's not really special because he's fighting at the pay-per-view. And he's fighting every single week in between the pay-per-view. And half the time, he's fighting the same person over and over and over. So by the time you get to the pay-per-view, it don't feel special. So it's like you said, you know, with Eddie Kingston and Moxley, I like it because, you know, okay, they they, they had a couple of matches. And but you're not, but like you said, you're not wearing out the welcome because you haven't seen these two fight in a while. So by the time they do fight, like, all right, y'all done talked to all this mess. All right, let's see this match. All right, so speaking of the match, man, so you got uh, really cool. You got Eddie Kingston. He choked out Matt Seidel, beat him in the super squash match. Uh, he choked him out at the end. He pretty much told him, say, I quit. And Mox was like, he, he said, Mox, I'm sorry, blah, 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 blah. Long story short, was what it was. Next up, we got a segment. Excalibur with FTR and the Young Bucks. Uh, these two groups had to be separated. So, you know, you had the Young Bucks with Excalibur in person. You had FTR and Tully Blanchard. They were doing theirs via satellite from another location. I liked I liked the uh what Matt was saying when the, when the Young Bucks were getting interviewed because we talked about this. We like we we weren't really sure what to make of the Young Bucks if they were turning heel or if they were just good guys, kind of just like you said, another keyword from from Stephen A. You said that you feel like they were good guys, just kind of with an edge, like with a heel edge, like not necessarily a full blown heel, but with that edge. And when asked, "Well, what is going on with you guys? What's up with the change in attitude?" Matt said just that. He said, "You know, we tried being the super clean cut, baby face white me guys, you know, and that it got old. You know, people started to get tired of it, and we started to get tired of it. We felt like there was something missing. We felt like something just wasn't clicking. And what he say? He said that we're really good people who happen to do bad things. So I like the way he kind of spent that right there." Um, and with that being said, man, what did you think of the promo from the Young Bucks? And then, you know, of course, FTR pretty much saying, you know what, screw this, man. We'll see you when we see you. Um, well, I'm, I'm glad they confirmed that because, I, like I say, because you have to look at what they were doing. It's not like they were going full-blown FTR heels. They were just they were just super kicking people. But it was like, what's the purpose? I'm like, because they're the Young Bucks. They're supposed to be the standard in AEW and – they haven't won the championships. Now, I, I, I'm okay with the match. The problem is the build is happening too fast. I, 
I understand you got full gear coming up, and I understand you want to put something on, but this shouldn't be Young Bucks versus FTR. This, uh, this, this. Now that I'm seeing everything for what it is, I kind of almost wish Paige and Omega were still tag team champions. Hold on, hold on, because because I just checked my notes, I realized I missed something, and which I need your opinion on too. Uh, the Young Bucks did say if they do not win this match, I, I, I'm going to you get okay. Go ahead. I was go, gonna get to yeah. that. I was gonna get to that because that, that that's the one thing I have an issue with. Uh, but what what um, I almost kind of wish that Paige and Omega would have had a match with FTR at Full Gear for the titles. But while having that, they they're in the finals of this number one contendership. Oh, yeah. So now you got the Young Bucks. I mean, you got you got Omega and Paige who would lose their tag titles and they could have lost it in the fashion that they actually lost it. You can have all the little miss, you know, misguided miss uh, deeds and everything that happened to, to build that distinction. And then while that happened, while Omega walked away, like he did, and then be more focused on the singles match and then be focused on beating page. And then I know that, well, you know, you can, you can question the quality of the match because these two guys would have had a match, but you could have put it later down the line. It would, you could have put it on literally before you go on with a championship match. You make the tag team match the first match. I, I know this, you know, just spitballing here, but you could have had the tag team title match in the beginning of the show. Okay. And then you could have had the tournament finals right before the championship match. So that would have given the guys time to kind of get a breather and go out and have whatever story match they need to have. I feel like that would have really put something behind it. But again, you know, I, what Kenny's been doing lately, it, it's been okay. It's been hit and miss. But uh, I, as far as FTR versus Young Bucks, uh, I don't feel like they should be fighting this yet. I feel like this should have been a setup for the next pay-per-view. Uh, you could have had FTR versus the best friends. You could have had you 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 could have you could have went through the rankings. You could have made it the Lucha Bros. You could have well, well if Ray Phoenix hadn't got uh, hurt. You could have had Butcher and the Blade. You could have had so many different tag teams go up against FTR for full gear, uh, and 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 you could have built the Young Bucks and give it a better story. Like the story of just them super kicking was okay, but it didn't really accumulate much with FTR because FTR was too busy doing other stuff. So it wasn't like they were really interacting with the Young Bucks and they only had a couple of weeks prior to the pay-per-view. So I felt like you didn't give it the time it necessarily needed. Uh, but it's still a match I want to see. It's still, right. I, I, now, here's my problem. I don't see the Young Bucks winning. So I hate that the fact that they used the same dumb stipulation that Cody used will never go after them again. No, you need to go after them. I would say, you know what? We won't, we won't challenge for the next year. Okay. Even though you've gone through a year, you've had a couple of title shots, but you didn't win. You're going to go through another year uh, and not get an opportunity. No matter how number one ranked you are, you can never get another opportunity. I think that would turn you into a heel group because now you're with that mentality. We got to do what we got to do to make sure we get what we need and within a year's time, or, you know, maybe you could have built some type of story around that. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Finish your thought. But, but, but what, but, you know, I, I just, I I feel like it wasn't built up enough. Um, I don't want to see them not never get a ton of title shot because I want to see the Lucha Bros versus the Young Bucks again. 
Like mm-hmm. I, I, I like I want to now that everyone's a little more established. I definitely yeah. want to see that match again. I want to see the Lucha Bros versus the FTR. I want to see all these tag teams that have come up, made a good name for themselves, get these opportunities and go, you know, ahead against each other. But I, I you know, we got till next week to do our predictions. But um, in a way, I feel like maybe with FTR coming in the way they have, because I don't think they've lost. I, I don't think they have any losses. So. Maybe they could. Maybe the Young Bucks will win. I, I don't want them to lose and be in the same fate with Cody because right now, Cody is so dominant in the TNT, TNT Championship, which I, I feel like he, he needs to build the legitimacy of that title. But again, I feel like he should have lost to Orange Cassidy. I feel like it should be Orange Cassidy versus. And I know I'm kind of getting ahead of myself in no, what no. we're going to talk about. But I, 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 it was a good match. Uh, it was okay. The 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 previous match was better. Uh, but I, I feel like I don't want to see Cody go up against all these younger guys, even though I know he's building them up, but he's beating them. You're, you're Cody's good. Don't get me wrong. Cody's good, but he's not right. unbeatable. So I feel like the only guy that can beat you up is uh, Brody Lee. That's the only dude you're going to lose to. Like, no, man, you need to be able to lose to other people. So, but I, I'm not, I'm not down on FTR versus Young Bucks. I wanted them to push it to the next uh, pay-per-view. Even though they didn't, they're not doing that. They're doing it now. It is what it is. I just hope they actually hope the Young Bucks win because I don't want to see them not get another opportunity because there's so many great matches they can have with other people. Yeah, I mean, I like, like I said, I agree with you 100. percent And you know, my thing is with the Young Bucks, like you said, making that stipulation is okay. I don't see you guys losing again. I don't see it. Like. I, you guys have to win this. You have to win this. And my thing is, because if you guys don't win, essentially, there's no point of you being a tag team. If you can't, that's the only division you have for a tag team. It's not like with Cody when he could not fight for one title, but you still have a secondary title left to fight for, or two titles, the tag team title if you wanted to. With the Young Bucks, you guys are tag team competitors. I, unless you guys are going to go your separate ways and go for singles titles, which I don't really see right now. This makes no sense for you guys to lose. And I think with the, uh, excuse me, with FTR, I believe they're still undefeated. With them being undefeated, this would be the team to lose to, which would be the Young Bucks. And I can see the Young Bucks and Kenny and the Elite doing the whole takeover, if not now, really soon. Well, 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 obviously, Kenny's the only one turning heel. Like I said, the Young Bucks were just doing what they did because they had to prove to the world they are. They they went about it a, in, a, in a heelish way, but, you know, they want to just prove that they are as good as they claim. Like I say, there's a story there between FTR and the Young Bucks. It's been building for years. So it's like I feel like they rushed to it too fast because you knew you had a pay-per-view coming up. I think you could have you could have you could have hold it off. You could have had. I mean, they, they should be still fighting the best friends right now because uh, right now the best friends can give them a match. Skip. Uh, Kip Sabian and Murrow, I, eh, I'm, you know that they're they're not believable enough for me. They haven't done enough as yeah. a tag. Where yeah. best friends, yeah. they're out there. They they you know give them opportunities. I mean, you got the Butcher and the Blade, and you got the Young Bucks. I mean, not the Young Bucks. You got the Lucha Bros. Do something more with them. Uh, you 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 didn't have to rush to this yet. Uh, but you know it is what it is. We're gonna get a great match. Um, I I just. I man, some of these choices are making it's, it's going to make it hard for predictions when we get to it. I know, I know. All right, next up, 
we got one of my one of the more entertaining segments, man. We got MJF, Chris Jericho, and the inner circle in their town hall meeting. <laughs> so uh the whole premise of this was pretty much to give MJF, you know, he he kind of was uh almost reminiscent to like a town hall meeting of a congressman or a mayor, and pretty much the crowd wanted to know MJF. What can you do for the inner circle? Like they're already set. They got their guys. Like, what is it that you can do? What do you bring? What is the value? And just to see MJF, man, kind of bullshit these answers, man, was absolutely hilarious. Like the the level of ass kissery was, you know, unmatched by far. Uh, right. MJF, you know, MJF pretty much said he's done everything he could to prove he's a good fit for the inner circle. And then Jericho is like, nah, 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 no. There's one thing you haven't done. And he said, that's beat me. I know that me and you talked about this, uh, I believe, last podcast. We said that this is going to eventually lead up to a match mm -hmm. between Jericho and MJF. And if he wins, he's in the inner circle. The question is, do you think this match is happening too soon as well? No. No, because this has been building. They've been building this. Uh, but this isn't a match people have been clamoring for. They not 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 like with the time frame of the Young Bucks and FTR. That's been years and years over the internet, back and forth. Like, man, if we can get these two teams in this in the same company, man, we know we'll get some magic. That's not the same with MJF and Jericho. Uh, the writing on the wall after a few uh, fake kind of pleasure tees, you know, towards each other, but then really talking shit behind each other's back, but then really acknowledging it, then coming back and trying to show, you know what, you're not really a bad guy. No, no, you're not really a bad guy. They've been building it up week by week by week. They've been doing, you know, their thing. Um, so it's not like, <clears throat> you know, this is something people have been waiting years to see. Uh, the town hall was good. The questions were great. Having Bischoff come out and kind of be that dude to ask the questions he asked. Tony Schiavone was the bright spot for me, telling Jericho to shut the hell up. <laughs> so, and then and then Jericho looking like, okay, Tony, like, <laughs> all right, right, right. <laughs> okay, all right. So I, I thought that was cool, but uh, the town hall was okay. But it, it, I believe it or not, I actually liked the segment of last week's, even though I know people hated the ridiculousness of the song and dance, but. I don't know. It was goofy. It was different. It's it's what I it's kind of the stupid entertainment you want to see in wrestling, but it's but it when it's done by two people that are over, I guess it works better. Right. If if you get my drift. But yeah. um this was okay. Uh I it, it just for me, I guess the only thing it, it took a minute for them just to get to the point. Like I you know, yeah, we knew I said this was gonna end up happening. Uh if Jericho plans on taking some time off. I could see uh, MJF winning, taking over the inner circle, uh, them having a distinction. Hager right now is getting ready for a fight, so that's why he's not there. So he'll be taking some time off because originally him and Jericho were going to go after the tag team championships because they were building up them two as a tag team because they had right. to think won like three or four matches. So he's got that coming up. Jericho probably needs to and is probably looking to take a little time off, even though he's not wrestling every week. But he's still there. Probably want to just take a little time, get away, which is fine because we appreciate what Jericho does. 
Um, so having MJF be that dude and having the distinction with the inner circle, not really feeling him like they feel Chris because Chris is giving them opportunity. He's helping guide them to be elite and be better. And, you know, to and they've all kind of stepped their game up, even Sammy from where he started. So yeah. it's OK. Uh, I, if MJF wins, it's because Jericho's taking time off. Then this builds up to something later on when Jericho comes back reclaims the group or whatever and then they go back on their tear of doing whatever it is excuse me doing whatever it is that they were doing but the segment was cool it was all right all right uh we got a few more matches nothing really spectacular we had the tnt championship lumberjack match we had orange cassidy versus cody uh it was all it was all right uh cody ended up picking up the win after a punt kick from john silva and a uh, punt uh uh, from R. Anderson because yeah, yeah, Anderson yeah. hit him in the face, and I, 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 I so for me, that was I, I, I get it, but at the same time, it was like I felt like Cassidy and the best friend should have raved a little bit of hell about it because I don't think Cody knew of it, but it was I would have said something like, okay, I get the lumberjack whole aspect of it, uh, but for your manager to to punch me in the face so you can get the win, it's like. I would, if I was Cassidy, I wouldn't accept facing what's the name in the buy-in match. I would be finding my way into making that a triple threat TNT championship match. Like, yeah, you beat me. I was like, but you know what? No, I, I don't know. I, I would have raised hell about it, but I think that's just because I wanted Cassidy to win. I wanted to see Cassidy versus Allen and not Cody versus Allen because I've already seen that matchup. And it's already it, the writing is on the wall. I mean, unless something catastrophic happens, Cody's walking out with the TNT championship. I want Allen to win, but I feel like Cody's walking out with it. I, there's nothing to say because one, now I got to worry about Ricky Starks coming out and costing him the match. So that may happen. And then Cody's just going to get in. And it's like, okay, I, I understand he can't go after the big title, but. Dude, you're like 23 and two or 23 and one. Yeah. Like you, you're going to win most of your matches. I re I have more respect for the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega because they weren't winning as many matches because they were putting over the talent. Cody's giving good matches to the talent, but you're beating them every time. You're not that great. Cody's good. I appreciate him. I do everything. I, I love everything that he does, but he's not that good to be that unbeatable. Right. So I, I feel like, you know, that 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 was a that was a drop ball for them, because um, honestly, what was the and honestly, there was no point in having this match. Um, they should have saved it. They should have said, you know what, this is what we're going to do. We're going to since since Cassidy didn't lose and it was a draw from the previous match. We're going to set up Cassidy versus Cody versus Darby Allen. Now I would be all in for that. Do you telling me you're going to put a triple threat match with those three in it? You got two young guys getting the opportunity going up against Cody. I can just see so many things happening where right. it's like, Oh man, this is going to be nice. I, I, this, this could be really, really fun. It could be dangerous because we know yeah. what some of these guys will do, but it could be really fun. So I, I would be more buying into that. Uh, but you know, it, like it was what it was. Speaking of dangerous, you know, I could definitely see Cody getting busted up in this match. Allen too, but uh, yeah. So you already called it, like you said, full gear. We got Cody versus uh Darby. I'm actually gonna go on the other side of that, man. I actually see Darby pulling this one out, but you know, we'll say that for the prediction show. Yeah, we will. Yeah, we will. 
Next up, man, nothing to talk about. You got Miro and Sabian. They came out, beat up the best friends. Yay. All right. This match was actually pretty impressive. A, a very confusing, to say the least, but impressive nonetheless, especially since I didn't know who this second uh, competitor was. We had Serena D versus Layla Hirsch for the NWA Women's Championship. Now, me Hirsch, and you, Hirsch has been on the dark, I think. She's been doing a lot of AEW. Yes, yeah, so she's been on darks, so I like like me, you said we got to catch up on darks. But as far as this match goes, it's a really good match. The only thing was, like the last time I seen Serena Deeb a couple weeks ago, she was just facing Thunder Rosa, who was the women's champ, NWA women's champion. Then now Serena Deeb comes, and the last time I seen you, you just got beat. She's the champion because of a title change that happened earlier uh, in the week. And, yeah, she put on a hell of a match, man. Her and Layla Hirsch. Layla Hirsch, she actually, you know, she held her own. For somebody who I didn't know, I was very invested in this match just after the first couple minutes of it because I could really see, like, these two women really know what they're doing. Now, one thing that me and you said is that we want to see AEW promote more uh, promote more of their women, not just the same few women that they have, and not make it a squash match whenever you do bring somebody new on TV. And this is really good. Uh you seem to have, agree with me. You felt like this was a good match. What did you think of Serena Deeb? And then what did you think of Layla Hirsch? And do we see this as just a working relationship with NWA? Or do we actually see the NWA title being something that could be defended regularly alongside? Mm -hmm. No, this is just a working relationship because NWA is uh, – they're not – they're they're letting their people go wrestle other places because they're not really doing shows all like that. So right. this is just them letting their people, you know, continue to do their craft. Um, I don't the the match in itself, not knowing who the two women really were or being familiar with them, I thought it was a pretty decent match because you know, again, there's there's a plenty of women wrestlers out there that can hold their own and, and really be good. It's just about seeing them and getting them getting an opportunity. And I felt like two more women got an opportunity to really showcase what they can do. So it was a damn good match. Uh, again, my biggest issue is there's no, you, you're not advertising enough. I mean, the fact that you're announcing Sheeta versus Nyla Rose uh, and it's like, okay, but you haven't built anything for that. Like you, we you, haven't seen Nyla Rose on TV and, and we am like, right. But she's been wrestling on dark. If you keep seeing when they pop up with the matches in the dark, they're wrestling on dark, but we haven't seen them on TV, but you you haven't really seen Sheeta either. So it's not like you've been building up, you know, them on TV. Even if they're like I say, even if you're not wrestling, cut a promo, do yeah. something. At least you're you. We can't say you're not on TV. You just may not have wrestled every week, but at least you're on TV. That's why I say what they're saying about John Moxley. I don't really buy that because Moxley's been cutting promos. He's been doing something. He's been showing up. He's been talking. Kingston is a manager for other guys who've been wrestling. So he, of course, he's kind of on the show, but he hasn't been wrestling all like that either. So I feel like with the women, you're not, you're, you're not, you got to give them the same. You're going to give some of these guys, man. You, you got to promote them. You got to give them time. You got to give them purpose. You're just adding a match from the, the, basically you're just giving us the last match when they last time they fought, but because people know them from that, you're banking on that. And I and that's the one mistake for AEW that I do not like. Do not bank on that. Build them up. I like that you're bringing in other women from other companies or whatever. You're giving them opportunity. I'm 100% on board on that. But you got to build up the story. Come on, man. I, I don't want to just watch Sheeta versus Nyla Rose. I Honestly, 
I want to see Britt Baker. I, I, I mean, not maybe it's not time for her yet, but obviously she's going to end up getting the championship. Uh, I don't even know if Nyla Rose is going to win. I don't even trust that she is going to win. I feel like she's going to lose, and then maybe it'll build up for Baker later on. But you still could have built up something. You could have did something. You did nothing. And even if you wanted to say, well, she just wants to fight. She just want to come out and challenge. All right, well, have her come out and just have her come out and challenge people like once a week she should be coming out and challenging somebody like every or every other week okay she challenged this person come out and give this challenge to somebody come out and give this challenge to somebody else you can do it every other week and then you could have had rose come out and 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 dropped her or you know do something you could have had rosa you could have had her after she lost the other title come like you know what i had an opportunity you know even though i'm not the nwa champion no more but you know what I want another shot at you, Sheeta. I want an opportunity at that AEW champion. You could have hopefully maybe signed her and then maybe, you know, put something there. Like, so I, I'm still waiting on that rematch. But, you yeah. know, again, um, I, I just want more promotion out of it. It was a good match. Nice to see two new uh, women come in. Hopefully, uh, I don't know what the NWA situation is going to be. Um, it's still going to be their, there's they're still going to be their talent. Uh, they're giving people if they if people are asking for their releases, they're giving them to them. They're letting people go. They're not holding them back. But I don't see them taking the NWA championship because then that Nala Foy is your women's championship. You don't need two yeah. women's championships. You don't even have that many women now. Yeah. And I mean, WWE's got two women's championships and they barely use all the women they got. So I you don't need two championship women. You you need your AEW. The NWA has its own prestige. It already has its own belt with its namesake. AEW, you're trying to build up yours. So sign, you know, Rilla Rosa, bring her in. Continue to build up that quality of your women's wrestlers that you've been doing so far lately and keep pushing forward. All right. So next up, man, we got a squash match between Spears and VSK. Uh, somebody in a in a bull costume threw something that Spears Spears went whooped his ass, dragged him to the ring. Then lo and behold, <laughs> out came Scorpio Sky out the costume, start molly whopping the dog shit out of Spears. And you know what? I'm not mad. I am no. not mad at all. I am actually really. I didn't realize how much I miss Scorpio Sky. Like I want to see Scorpio and Sean Spears. He really hasn't done much since the whole you know Cody thing. I'm 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 curious to see because you no know, he hasn't been in the ring in a while. I want to see Scorpio uh, Sky. He hasn't been on TV. He's been and in the ring. That he hasn't is, been on TV. My, pardon me. He hasn't he hasn't been on Dynamite in a while. Right. So to see him and Scorpio go at it, you know, I'm actually I I I, I want to see it. My thing is I'm just not invested in it yet because. The storyline hasn't been on TV that long. Well, they haven't really been telling it. They only told that one little segment when SGU was going up against FTR for the tag team championships. That was it. That was the only little story they've been telling. Uh, but they were supposed to be pushing Scorpio Sky as a single star months ago. Like that yeah. was the whole reason he joined the Nightmare Family to go up against the Dark Order. Like they were supposed to be pushing them, and then SCU was supposed to be having their own little. You know, they were focused on the tag team. Scorpio was supposed to focus on the singles. Uh, I think injuries, COVID, and a few other things may have changed some stuff. But I'm glad that now that Spears, who's now back to, on being on Dynamite, 
uh, you know, he's been wrestling on dark winning. Like I said, these you when you see the little tagline at the bottom, you see these guys are wrestling. They're wrestling. They're they're getting their time in. You're just not seeing them on dynamite. Uh, Scorpio Sky, another guy. He's been wrestling on dark winning matches. He just hasn't been on TV. But the fact that now you've kind of run your course with some of the stories that you you're producing for the pay per view, you need to bring in something new. So this is something new. I want to see Spears. I want to see more of Spears. I want to see this more of this attitude and this demeanor of Spears. Uh, I, I, I actually kind of liked his character once he hooked up with Tony Blanchard. It kind of was more of just little, you know, heelish ways. I, I, I want to see more of it because the dude is talented. Not saying he's great. He's talented. Scorpio Sky, great dude, talented. I want to see more of him and see where it can go. And these are two young guys that, you know, well, one got a run in WWE that you some would say it wasn't nowhere near a perfect 10. And uh, and another guy, you know, he comes from other companies that he's been getting great opportunities for. So to see them now finally do something and, and pursue it, I'm good with it. I it, it didn't have to be the greatest thing, but this is the beginning. This is the start. It's not I'm not invested into it 100 percent because it's just now finally really getting to start. Like right. they hinted at it. But this was the first real, all right, y'all, this is the new story. This is where we're going. All right. We got the main event. By far, match of the freaking night. (sighs) We had the cleaner, Kenny Omega, versus Penta El Cero Miendo. It was a lot of great. I still still hate this, and I still hate the dancers. Just the... (laughs) Room to think and to, I, I, it's like, uh, uh okay, I know. <laughs> trust me, trust me. I, I'm not, I'm not a fan of the off rhythm dances either. Right. Uh, as far as the match go, great back and forth, a lot of near falls. I felt like this match with Penta and Omega was ten times better than the match of Penta and Ray Phoenix. I just feel like everything clicked for the most part on all cylinders in this match. Uh. Omega ended up winning, so he's going to end up fighting his former, you know, tag team partner and former tag team co-champion Adam Hangman Page. What did you think of this match between Omega and Penta? Great match. Um, makes you wonder why they weren't pushing pushing the Lucha Bros more in the beginning. Mm-hmm. The fact that these guys are great as a tag team but can hold their own as singles. Why haven't we seen more of this? Listening to the commentator Excalibur and Tony and Jr. talk about, you know, the rivalry between them, their matches they've had before. Listening to them talk about how, you know, Ray Phoenix, of course, you know, Kenny Omega was the triple A champion. He had the belt on. He took the belt from Ray Phoenix not too long ago. So that Ray Phoenix was a singles world heavyweight champion in another company. It's like, why weren't you doing more of that? What, where was that at? You could have did tag team with them at any time, but why weren't we seeing these guys go for the TNT TNT championship as singles run or go after the AEW championship or just have regular matches, you know, with Kenny Omega? So don't don't get me wrong. You know, there was some there was some, you know, one, two step, one, two step. But for the most part, man, oh, my God, nasty ass V triggers. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God, hellacious slaps to the chest. I mean, just the the whole back and forth and going after each other and the dive to the outside. You know, every the aspect of you know Kenny Omega acting like he's a good guy but doing hillish things. Pentagon being that dude throwing it up, 
put yeah. it in the face. Like every everything right. So you know it 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 was a main event match as far as I'm concerned. The best matches of the night was the start and the finish. Yes. Uh, so you know, and and then you had the story of the fact that even though Pentagon had lost to his brother, but because his brother was injured, he kept it in the family, gave his do it to his brother. Like, yo, you go out there, you fight for me. It it, it was cool. I liked it. The 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 ending was okay. I liked the ending. You know, the the hard sell. I thought Pentagon. I thought he had it. I thought he yeah. had it. I'm like, oh yeah. shit. They're gonna so this is how Omega is gonna go true cleaner. He's gonna lose and wig out. Now, this is yeah. what I'm going through my mind as I'm watching it, like, oh, so he's gonna wig out and he's gonna cost Omega, he's gonna cost Paige the title shot. Ah, oh, that's even better. Okay, so did you really build up to this feud? All right, but then that didn't happen. So just imagine how fast I was thinking that yeah. while watching them go one, two, and then Omega kick out. So it's like, oh, that that would be kind of I was like, okay, now no, no, Omega's winning. Never mind, he's winning. And then he ended up winning, but the the match itself, uh, great match. Um, I I I wanted I want to see more singles match between both of them. I to be honest, Lucha Bros, they both can go do their singles thing, especially if you're not going to push them as a tag team champions. No time soon. Well, I got some good news for you. I'm pretty sure you probably read the read the dirt sheets. I'm pretty sure you've uh, tapped into your mobile. No, door. no, I don't read the spoilers. Good because next week your boy. Your boy, Pac, is coming back. Who? Pac. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Pac yeah, is coming, he's back, he's coming to... back next week, man. So he hasn't been on AEW since, you know, COVID first started. Uh, they started a, They started a crazy, crazy group with Excalibur, the Lucha Bros, and him, you know, the Death Triangle. So hopefully, hopefully, you know, when Ray Finney's, he can, you know, get cleared up really quick. And eventually <laughs> we can see that because I, I don't I, see we're not going to see that because right now they're rolling with Kingston. I mean, I don't, I don't know Ooh. what loyalty they hold to Pac. Yeah, but I think Pac may speak on that, and Pac may be like, you know, we wanted to try it, but maybe he won't speak on it because he knows because he's because of what happened, he couldn't be here. But it's not like Pentagon; he couldn't have been there either. He was held up in Mexico, so it's, it's like he was in Mexico for a while before he came back to AEW. The fact that we're getting Pac back, because uh, I felt like he should have. He most definitely should have had maybe I'm I'm gonna go on a limb and say Moxley may not be champion up to this point if Pac was around. I I Pac may have, I think Pac may have knocked him off the last let's say uh out of the what last three title shots Moxley had, I think Pac would have beaten him in one of those. So yeah. I, I I'm gonna say Pac was moving his way up to where he was going to be AEW champion. Uh, yeah, because yeah, 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 I remember when Pac first came, like, dude, he was getting like a super stupid, crazy. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. yeah. And, and even when he came back with the Death Triangle, that was their purpose. They were going to take over the tag team. He was going to have to go after the AEW. They yeah. were just going to be a great trio group. Okay, cool. Good. I, I want to see where that's going to go. But of course, COVID happened and that changed that changed the direction on a lot of stories. Some they kept, some they couldn't do because you couldn't get all the people to be there, which was totally right. understandable. Uh, but to see that he's coming back, he's gonna, we're gonna get to hear him, you know, be fiery, cut a promo. Who you going after? Who who you gonna talk down about? I I just want to hear what he got to say, and I'm hoping uh, we get to see him. But you you mentioned his name, and I know we're getting ready. I, matter of fact, I want to jump into NXT next. Because yeah. there's another person who showed up that I was happy to see him come back. So I'm like, oh hey, man, hey, you know hey, what? Wait, wait, yeah, wait, wait, wait. 
And he's he's he he's another guy from across the water. And he is. So I was happy to see him come back. But we'll get to that shortly. But yeah. you know, to know that the main event was good. I like the main event. Uh, definitely want to see more singles push for the Lucha Bros from time to time, especially if you're not doing much with a tag team. Uh, I definitely want to hear what Pat got to say. Uh, next week, I think they've got um, who they got? Who they got wrestling next week? They had a match next week that they were they were average. Oh, that was uh, Spears versus uh, Scorpio Sky. So I'm definitely yeah. looking forward to actually seeing that and, and to see where that go and then to see how to set up because this will be the go home show because they're getting Moxley and Kingston to do a face to face. So this will be the go home show for full gear uh, next week. Uh, but the pay per views next Saturday, but Dynamite for next Wednesday. I'm excited. I'm excited. All right, cool. AEW, pretty solid show. Now let's get on to, you know what? I'm going to say this is probably the better show this week. Uh, NXT. Overall, I think overall, match quality wise, I got to give it, I got to give it, I got to give it to NXT. It's close, but I'm I'm going to say NXT just because they made, and, and, and it could be because it was more of a of, of a spectacle with it being a Halloween Havoc edition. So it was more entertaining. Yeah. So I, I'm not going to, you know what? Let me say that. Let me let me reverse uh, my verbiage. I'm not going to say match quality wise. It was the better show. I'm going to say it was more entertaining. The entertainment aspect of it was was greater. With that being said, so we got NXT Halloween Havoc, one of WCW's most famed and hallowed traditions uh, now coming back to life here in uh, NXT. So. We got Shashi Blackheart. She's the host, uh, you know, for today. She got to spin the wheel, make the deal thing, blah, 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 blah. Uh, match number one, we started off with a bang. We got the Archer Infamy, Damian Priest. We got Johnny Gargano for the North American Championship. Tuco, your boy, Johnny G. I know you didn't want to see Priest lose it this fast. I know you didn't want to see him lose it this fast. What did you think of the match? The match was fine. The match was good. Uh, it was a good match between them two. Uh, I think their takeover match was a bit better. Because um, this one was just a little bit all over the place. Uh, the ending, you know, who came out to help him, I, I would like to know that. But I kind of I saw this coming. So I'm not so mad that Gargano won. Because um, I feel like it's going to be a back and forth rivalry between him and priest. I think this is just to help priest. I, unless they're getting ready to push priest to the NXT championship level. I feel like this was just a rivalry for him and Gargano to have because, and, and the reason why I'm not so bad on it is because I saw that they want to put the titles on Gargano and Candace. They want the couple of NXT to have both championships. So I kind of saw well, you're not going to put the NXT, so North Americans, that makes sense. You're going to have Candace beat EO, but uh, before we get to the EO and them match, but the, for this match, I I kind of saw it may happen that he may win this match, so I'm not, I wasn't disappointed. Uh, how he was going to win, I was curious about. We saw how he won. Someone came out, gave him a tombstone. He hit him with the tombstone. He went crashing through the shed. He pinned them for the one, two, three. Uh, but yeah, I I, I kind of saw them wanting to put the title on, on Gargano and Candace because they're the couple and they both are going after the championship. So I kind of think that was something they want to do. Next up, uh, we got William Regal backstage segment. 
<laughs> Cameron Grimes is super entertaining. That boy is a fool. So we got William Regal. He pretty much tells, you know, Cameron Grimes to come with him to the parking lot. And Cameron Grimes, he pretty much is doing everything in his power to, you know, let William Regal know, like, hey, Mr. Regal, uh, I, I, I'm not really sure you want to do that. You know, and he's really like playing like he's super duper scared, like a little scared little child. He's like, you know, Mr. Regal, you know, uh, if, if you come with me, I feel a lot better. I feel a lot safer. And I just thought it was so funny. Because to see a guy like Cameron Grimes, you know, be as arrogant as he is, and we going to the moon, you know what I'm saying? So to, to, to see how arrogant and cocky he is at all times, and for him to be like, you know, all right, yeah, I, I think I might have got myself into something here. I thought that was funny, man. Next segment, we got Pat McAfee. He comes out only lurking to Danny Birch. Uh, you know what? I'm respect. I'm, I'm I'm respecting McAfee as a presence on the mic. I was he's a little. Character. He's definitely a character. Yeah, I, I was a little concerned because WWE and NXT, well, not so much NXT per se, but WWE has a has a history, and well, pro wrestling in general has a history of bringing outsiders who aren't necessarily wrestlers, and they try to do things with them, and it often goes left. Here's a guy, Pat McAfee, who had a match against Adam Cole, which actually was pretty damn decent, especially for, you know, a guy like Pat McAfee to go up against somebody the caliber of Adam Cole. And not only did the match do pretty well, but he can talk He can talk on a, on a mic and not only talk on a mic, like you said, the word character. He has that character. I think with a little more polish and a little more experience, I think he could be a pretty good damn heel. He came out with his guys. And you know what? Matter of fact, too cold. You take it over, man. What did you think about what Pat McAfee said and his reasoning behind saying what he said? I mean, well, of course, he wanted to get back at Adam Cole. I mean, clearly, there's still an issue between him and Adam Cole. He doesn't respect Adam Cole. Well, he respects him. He just doesn't think he's as great as he thinks he is. And, you know, because he was trying to figure out how to get back at Cole because Cole stood over him and, and taunted him. And instead of giving him his props for in which, you know, McAvee, he, like I said, we did not expect much from the Pat McAvee versus Adam Cole match. So when we saw it, we were all surprised because we got something different than what uh, than what we thought we were going to get. You know, he actually did better than what we thought he was going to do. So the fact that he comes out and and, you know, the whole reason why, you know, he he uh, I forgot the guy who uh, the guy who snapped his leg. Uh, he had him come out and beat up Cole. Uh, but he couldn't. He couldn't. You know, continue to help him. Uh, oh, so you're, you're talking about Ridge Holland. Yeah, yeah, Hollins. You're right, Holland, because uh, Hollins. You know, he be, he he had Hollins beat him up just to throw him out there to kind of plant the seeds. But then Hollins got hurt. So then he went to Danny Birch and and Artie Larkin, and and then they ended up losing. They ended up turning them down, and then losing, and then going back to him and saying, you know what, hey man, you know what. Maybe there is something we can do. Maybe there is a deal or something that we can work out. And then, therefore, they went after um, they went back after Undisputed. And to have him be that guy that was showing up and hurting Undisputed, I mean, you're just continuing that storyline. Uh, and now, uh, because it was Pat McAfee versus the Undisputed era, you know, right. now he's gotten two other people with him. And then we get, you know, Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle comes out, you know, in defense of his in defense of his boys. And then lo and behold, who do we get back? Oh, we got that grizzled bear, that that Tour de France, that boy himself, that that dangerous dude, man, that boy Pete Dunn, who came back and 
came out with a chair and pretended like he was going to help uh, O'Reilly versus them and ended up turning on them. They ended up beating them up. Pete Dunne as a heel. I always said I wanted to see Pete Dunne as a heel. Now that he's back to NXT, which I'm so glad to see him back, I I'm mad at him and Riddle because I feel like this would have been him and Riddle. I feel like him and Riddle would have had a like Joe and Finn Balor, how mm -hmm. they were the, you know, the the Dusty Road tag champ, you know, Dusty Road classic champions, and then they went on to face each other, you know, and have a great singles one on one rivalry. And I wanted to see that for Riddle and Pete Dunne. Pete Dunne got sent back home because of COVID. Riddle eventually got Timothy Thatcher and then ended up fighting Thatcher and then getting called up to the main roster. So that that dream match kind of went to waste. But seeing Pete Dunne back, seeing him with Birch and Larkin, seeing him with Pat McAvee, and now you know you're getting more of, of, a, uh, of a fight with these four guys. Um, I just hope Kyle O'Reilly don't get lost in the shuffle out of the singles push, which I don't think he is. Uh, I think it's obvious he's on a singles push right now. But uh, as far as everything that happened, I was fine with it. You know, it's like I say, I most importantly, Pete Dunn's back. I'm so I'm I'm good. I, I pack of Pat Bagaby did good as far as his promo. Little needs a little polishing, but it is it's fine. It is what it is. He's not a he's not a technical professional wrestler, he's not a great talker, but he was he was good enough. Uh seeing Pete Dunn come back. See it now. You're going to have a heel team versus a heel team. Maybe this will set up for the next war games uh, for NXT because, you know, NXT war games is coming up soon. Right. So I don't think it's coming up for Survivor Series, but it'll be after Survivor Series. So I can see this being a good setup. I mean, for the third year in a row, you're going to have the Undisputed Era in your war games. And honestly, that's just their domain. I, I don't think you can have a war games with just a whole bunch of random people. You got to have a faction that speaks volumes and undisputed era speaks volumes. And I can see this four on four uh, war games match happening with these, with these four guys, with these eight guys, I, you know, I'll say seven and a half because Pat McAvee is a half a wrestler. So I, so with these seven and, and a half of a wrestler, I'm, I'm actually okay with it. Cause I think we'll see some exciting stuff. So other than that, man, that was, that was that, but big ups to seeing Pete Dunn back in the, uh, Back in uh, the new uh, uh, C WCW, or, yeah, uh, uh, the Capital Wrestling Center. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the CWC. <laughs> I'm sorry, the CWC. I'm sorry, been saying WCW so long. You know, yeah, kind of, kind of, kind of. And you know, speaking of Pete Dunn, like I knew it, I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. First of all, Pete Dunn was random as hell. As soon as his music hit, and because I, you had, you had Orton, I mean, you had uh, Only Lurkin and Danny Burch in the ring, and then you had Pete Dunn come out of nowhere. I'm like, all right, man, like, that's random as hell. Like, this is definitely a heel turn. I was happy, but I just knew it. Like, you just you just had two chairs ready. You just knew you were going to come to Kyle O'Reilly's defense. Like, nah, bro. Like, I, I something was just off when he came back. And uh, I'm glad he did come back. The boy looked jacked. He looked like he slimmed down, but, you know, beefed up at the same time. So, he, looked, he looks in incredible shape. Uh, next up, man, we had Jake Atlas versus Santos Escobar for the Cruiserweight Championship. It wasn't a very long match, not at all. We know what Escobar could do, but I'm becoming more and more of a fan of Tony Atlas. I, Tony Atlas. Uh, <laughs> Jake Atlas, excuse me. My bad, Tony. <laughs> I'm becoming more and more of a fan. Oh, damn, of Tony Atlas back to wrestling. I thought his ass retired, but go yeah. ahead. Bro, Tony Allison and Cruiserweight division. 
Right. Um, I'm becoming more of a fan of Jake Atlas. His moveset is is incredible. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good match for the limited amount of time they had. Of course, you know, Escobar won. He's clearly the face of the NXT Cruiserweight division. I see him holding the title for a little while as they build up more guys. What did you think of this match between Escobar and Atlas? It was a pretty good match. I, I don't really have much to say about it. It was a pretty good match. Um, I, I've seen Atlas wrestle a few times. He's pretty good. I mean, you know, the Cruiserweights are the Cruiserweights. I, there, there's not much I can really say about it. Um, it was just for him to have a match because they lost the, the three-on-three match the week before. But it was a good match. All right, next up, we're gonna just gloss over this one. We got Loomis versus Grimes. Actually, no, 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 we're not glossing over that. Uh, look here, man. Uh, first and foremost, uh, Loomis, uh, Grimes is a fool. Uh, uh the fact that you had the, the, the fabulous Freebird get out the van and yeah. kind of, you know, it, you know, yeah. he just get out this weird looking van, you know, Loomis, uh, not Loomis, uh, Grimes, Grimes, like you said, he played the chicken, shit, you know guy throughout the entire thing when he got out the van after they finally dropped him off and you know he's walking around and he's saying his name he's like you know you come on Loomis you know you don't want you you don't miss a chemicals and it's just he would just you could just hear the the scaredness as he walking through the thing and just but like he's still talking shit but yet he's scared as hell so I thought that was funny uh this it wasn't a great segment don't get me wrong uh they you know they had the what the referee was a zombie. No, the referee was a vampire. Uh, uh, Loomis's sister is the girl from the ring. Uh, you had a couple of other thriller uh, mascots from Michael Jackson thriller. And you, you had a, you know, it was, it was Halloween theme. It was a hunted house. You had zombies. Uh, it, it was better than Orton versus Bray Wyatt's hunted house. You know, that yeah. it was definitely better than that. But it was just funny, man, because when Cameron Grimes went into the bathroom, it's like, oh, I didn't know Lewis had a sister. <laughs> hey, you know what? I don't, you know, won't you scoot over? Let me get into that shower. You know, I'm kind of feeling grimy myself. And it was just like, man, you know, it was just little, it was just little stuff like this dude is okay. This dude, I, I, he, 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 okay. I, I'm just, I'm laughing too hard. This should not be this funny, or I shouldn't be finding these things a little funny. So, but so, is he growing on you? Because I told you when. Oh, no, he's, he's been growing. growing. He, when he, 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 NXT, I was a proponent of him, but you and Flawless wasn't really too fond at first. Uh, well, because you know, I had to see more of him. I, I had to see it work. I had to see it transition, and I saw it transition a while ago. So I, I, I'm good with Cameron Grimes. Uh, I, I just thought, you know, he played the the chicken shit, but yet he he stood his ground. You know, he 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 got in a lot of good licks. So and then you know they chased him out, and he ran all the way back to the CWC and. They had the match in the ring, and you had the zombies and stuff like that. And it was cool, uh, nothing great, it, but it was more of the entertainment and the theme of Halloween. And Loomis, being that weird character that he is, it, it actually played into it for him. Uh, he got the win over Grimes. You know that was cool. Nothing it, like it was nothing too great. It was it was entertaining. That 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 that's all it was. It was just really entertaining. Yeah, and and that was the thing, like. I wasn't really expecting a match per se. I knew what it was, but I would say the amount of effort and detail that went into the production of this whole thing, I can honestly say I appreciate it. Out of the cinematic matches that we've had this year, and I guess you can include the Randy and Bray from a few years back, uh, the cinematic matches have been really hit or miss, but now that I've seen a couple of them, 
I'm starting to understand what you know what it what it's going to be. And this was really well thought out. Like everything was well thought out, and I liked how instead of making it just one big match match, they spread it out through multiple segments. Yeah. So you know, yeah, he, he had to run back. I mean, you know, he had to quote unquote run back from the hunted house to the CWC. So that gave them time to do other stuff while he's running back for, out of for his dear life. So yeah, that was. Yeah, 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 and, and and it had the one thing that you know all good stories should have, and they had a, a definite beginning, a middle, and you know a conclusion, you no know, end to it. So, with that being said, man, you know I was highly entertained to say the least. All right, mm -hmm. next up, we got my girl, man, the genius of the sky, Io Shirai versus nah. Candice LeRae. Mm -mm. What? The match? You're missing a match. What am I? Oh, ooh, excuse me, excuse me, excuse yeah, me. You missing a match? Excuse me. I, you know what? Lord forgive me because this match is really good. We had two of the giants. We had the six footer versus a five tenner. We had the mosh pit kid, former WWE NXT Women's Champion Rhea Ripley versus Big Mommy Cool, one of NXT's brightest young standouts, Raquel Gonzalez in the building. I'm going to take this one over real quick. This match is hard hitting. They got a good amount of time in. Gonzalez, even though she did lose, she looked very, 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 very good against Rhea Ripley. Not only did she look good, but she looked credible. For I mean, we've seen Raquel Gonzalez in a couple matches. She's mostly been kind of like the, the handy of uh, Dakota Kai. But, I mean, this match right here, they looked really good. This is, to me, co-main event you know co-match of the night as far well i mean it was okay it, I, well, I, yeah it was okay man look don't don't be a hater i'm, I'm not no 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 because i know because i like the match because well, what I, match uh, was better? huh what match was better gargano and priest and eo and candace you know what 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 i was <laughs> yeah yeah, again, the, the start and the beginning. The, the, I mean, the, the, the beginning and the end. I, I wasn't I wasn't even thinking about the Gargano match. You got it. You got right, it. Right, yeah, yeah, no, but, but no, but the, the match was good. Uh, I like the fact that a lot of the stuff that Rhea was, the stuff that she so commonly does against smaller competitors, yeah. it wasn't easy for her to do against Gonzalez, which Gonzalez, you know, then take advantage of. So, I, you know, I like the way they played that. It was a good match. Don't get me wrong. It was a good match. It was different. Right. They went back and forth. They hit the hell out of each other. She definitely put some pain to Rhea Ripley's back. So there was a lot of good things about it. It wasn't co-match, but it was a good it was a good match for Rhea Ripley. But it was a good match for Gonzalez. And like I said, she didn't look weak. She looked as strong. And Ripley really had to pull a miracle out just to really get the victory. So I, I thought it was a good match. It wasn't the best match because right? we had two other matches that were better. But right, uh, yeah, it, it was a good match though. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. It, it, it gave Rhea somebody more credible. To, like, because with them being, you know, bigger women, and when I say bigger, I mean, you know, physically stronger and taller uh, women, it's really hard for me to kind of get, like, okay, this person's really going to get Rhea a run for her money, like a legit run for her money, only because she's so dominant. Like, you know, okay, even if you get offense off in the beginning, you're still going to lose with this match. It was like okay, like Raquel struck. Yeah, like she's literally like she can match you in every way, like power, speed, ability, like, and you can even say she might be a little more athletic than Ripley. So that was that was that was cool to see. All right, now 
we got the main event. We got Io Shirai versus Candice LeRae for the NXT Women's Championship and the tables, ladders, and scares match. This match was good. To me, I feel like if both women have had better, mm-hmm. what is your thoughts on this match? A good match. As far as the night was concerned, it, like I said, that was the co-match with Priest and, and Gargano. Mm-hmm. Um, they definitely they definitely took each other through tables, uh, ladders, chairs, off the side of the ring, through the through the graveyard. They they definitely they definitely did some stuff with it. Um the fact that, you know, the I, I now when the person came out again to try to help Candace, I felt like that was Johnny Gargano. I felt like that was Johnny Gargano trying to help his wife. Now I don't know who the guy was when who came out to help Johnny, because that wasn't Candace. Right, right, that, right. That person was too big to be Candace, but I felt like the person who tried to come and help Candace was Johnny Gargano. Then you got Shasi Blackheart. She comes in. She's like, no, nah, I already seen this play out earlier. We're not having this again. So she came out, and, you know, and, and to help EO, or at least to give EO an opportunity. Um, and there was, but there was one move where EO fell off the ladder. I thought her head hit that ladder. I thought she was done. Like oh, it was like right before she got up to, she, cause she got up to push uh, Candace off the ladder and out the ring. But prior to that, I thought when she fell, I thought she hit her head on the ladder and she was done. So the fact that she actually was okay and she got up, I, you know, I like, whoo, okay, good, you're good. You that was just a fall, but uh, the match was cool. They have had better. I think their NXT match, their NXT again. I think both matches, NXT uh, takeover matches, were better, okay, than what they got for Halloween Havoc. But they were still the two best matches. Don't get me wrong, because uh, Escobar versus Atlas was pretty damn good too. That was a nice little back and forth match. So there was good quality wrestling. That's why I say this show. This show had better entertainment and better quality wrestling, which I'm starting to agree with you. It was, which is why it won the ratings, because this right. NXT actually won the ratings over AEW, and I and I saw why. Um, and it was mainly because of the Halloween theme and people wanted to see what they would do with it. And I thought they did good. Uh, it could have been better if it was a takeover, but they did good. Uh, but the match was good. EO won. I didn't expect that. I thought Candid, like I said earlier, I, I know they want to put the title on her, but they, but EO's your top champion right now. She's the hottest champion you got. I mean, even though it's Balor, but Balor's nursing the, uh, the broken jaw. We're not sure when he's coming back just yet. But right now, EO has been on fire. She's been main inventing, giving you good matches. Uh, I, I guess they're not 100% on dropping the title from her yet, which I'm fine with. It's EO. Uh, but eventually, your, your Candice LeRae is going to win an NXT Women's Champion. You're going to have Johnny Gargano as your new two-time North American Champion, which he is now. And you're going to have the couple be the, the champion's couple. And they're going to reign have their little reign over uh nxt which is fine i want to see that i like them too as a heel couple they're entertaining they're goofy but i know they can go in the ring so whatever it is they do is going to help put over other people and it's going to be interesting matches um so I, I i i i wasn't sure if they would drop both championships i know like i said i thought maybe she would but eo ended up retaining so obviously there's going to be a third match whenever the next yeah. I don't know if it's going to be the next couple of weeks on on uh, NXT TV or it's going to be at a takeover. But best believe Candice LeRae is getting another opportunity at EO, and this time uh, she's going to be EO. All right, so that concludes NXT. Uh, like you said, man, it was 
pretty solid show. NACAW for the most part, nine times out of 10, 99 times out of 100, you know, they're going to come through and they're going to give us the quality entertainment and matches that we're looking for during the week. If no one else does, they will. Last show, we got SmackDown. Mm-hmm. First match, Survivor Series qualifying match. Okay. Hold on before we do that. So, okay, we 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 didn't do Raw, but I don't. There's only so much I want to talk about. We, Raw. we did we did Raw the last we, podcast. Oh yeah, we did a Raw review. Oh never mind. Okay, my bad. <laughs> I forgot. We, I forgot about that. <laughs> I forgot we did that. We did do that, man. Look, I've been working, man. I've been doing a lot. <laughs> no, no, no. All right, then never mind. Then never mind. Go ahead, man. <laughs> you good? You good? I forgot. I, I, you said we were doing it in order. I'm like, oh yeah, we're gonna do. It. But no, okay. I forgot we did do Raw. Right? I got you. Don't worry. Don't worry. I got you. So we had, you know, the first match of the night, Survivor Series qualifying match. It was KO versus Dolph Ziggler. This match was absolutely, it wasn't nothing special. Uh, Nothing special at all. KO ended up winning, of course. Uh, Next up, we had a segment with Natalya, Billy Kay, and of course the EST of WWE, Bianca Belair, in the back, pretty much doing a similar thing that Shanna Baszler and Nia Jax did. On Monday Night Raw, they're pretty much trying to convince Adam Pierce, you know, who should be the captain of the team, who should be on the team. And Pierce is like, you know what, man? I got a solution to kill all that noise. I'm going to put y'all three women in a triple threat match, and that's what we end up getting. Second match of the night, we got Natalia, Billy Kay, and Bianca Belair. Okay, so really quick, Bianca Belair, she got the victory. Okay, whoo! I'm about to say, man, please don't go through this match. I, no, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Not at all. Not at all. Okay. Bianca Belair got the victory. My only thing was, I Billy Kay, she could have stayed out of the match. I felt like she was just there just to throw somebody else in there. She I was. would honestly prefer. I think this match would have been pretty good had the women got more time, and it would have just been between Natalia and Bianca Belair. Now that I would have watched. But you don't want Natalia taking a loss. If you're looking at the more credible wrestlers, one, Bianca being the new hot talent, she can't take the loss. Natalia being that veteran that you kind of may have to put on the team, you don't want her taking a loss. And Billy Kay, let's just be honest, there's no confidence, no hope. Billy Kay, I, I know people like the Iconics. They're okay. They're okay. That that's 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 the best I can give them. Peyton Royce, don't see it. Billy Kay, don't see it. As a two, as a team together, I could see why people like them, but as wrestlers, I don't see it. Uh, so it made sense for her. I think she took the pinfall. She was just in the match just to be in the match. But this is the women. This is what they're doing with the women. I mean, come on, man. Carmelo had a damn promo that I didn't even care for. Most of this show, I fast forwarded through because it was like I, I didn't watch the Kevin Owens Dolph Ziggler match. Kevin Owens is winning. I'm mm-hmm. not looking at Dolph Ziggler to be in a Survivor Series team. It's gonna be he's not hot now. He was hot then when they did it when he won, but he's not hot now. It's gonna be noise. Uh Billy Kay, it's 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 Bianca Belair. She's the hot new chick. You want her on your new team. Uh, yeah, so they, yeah, 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 they were just yeah, it it, it was it was just there, just as matches to have. That's all. Then we had Corey Graves, he interviewed Lars Sullivan. I didn't listen to this. I uh, I I, I have no interest. I, I want you to speak on it, but I just want to say I had no interest in listening to Lars Sullivan speak. There's nothing about him that makes me want to understand him. I, I'm not high on him as a wrestler. I don't see him being – I see him being another uh, – uh, not 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 Rusev, but who was the dude before Rusev? Uh, I can't think of his name. Man. He used to wear the white trunks. He was Korean – or not Korean. He was Russian or Serbian or something like that. Are you talking about Vladimir Kozlov? 
Yeah, yeah, Vatterman Clouds. Like, that's all I see Laura Sullivan is. Another one of those dudes that they're trying to push as this big, mean guy. I, I'm, I'm, I'm past that. He, I, I, there's nothing about him that's, that says, oh, wow, I want to see Laura Sullivan. So I didn't listen to that promo. So if you want to talk about it, go right ahead. No, nah, not at all. <laughs> not at all. I was, I was actually going <laughs> to say, man, he, uh, he, he, he talked like his tongue touched the back of his throat. <laughs> I, <laughs> but I, 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 just, I just didn't feel like there was nothing he was going to say that made me be like, oh wow, I want to know more about him. No. Yeah. So I mean, I, I'm, I'm gonna be real. I listened to the promo. I, I listened to the whole thing just to kind of see, like, all right, just whatever. And it really did nothing for me. I didn't really. It didn't make me buy into him more of a, more as a character. You know, Corey Graves. For those who didn't watch it, Corey Gray is pretty much asked Lars Sullivan, you know, how does he feel about being called the freak and yada, yada, yada. He gave this whole long-winded story about some kids in grade school, which I don't care to really dive into. Like you said uh, earlier, next up, man, Carmella, she had a she had a whole little promo segment thing, which, once again, can care less about that one. She said, next week, the world will know why she's untouchable. Sure, I bet. <laughs> 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 oh man, Carmela's not that great. Ah right, man, don't get me wrong. She's she's decent. Yeah. At best. At best, decent. But she's not no. It must be nice to date uh one of the top people in the company. Go ahead, man. <laughs> Nikki Bella. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that all out? My bad. <laughs> Message. All right. <laughs> right. Next up, oh, we okay. have I'm I'm going to tell you, man. I'm really I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm so tired of this damn storyline. We got Aaliyah and Buddy Murphy. Oh, uh, oh, uh, oh. Okay, me and, you, me and you, we called this. We called oh. this. We called this. We called it. So, you know, they're out in the ring. Uh, you know, Buddy, he pretty much says he 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 understands why Dominic Ray hate him, but he need to be a man. He needs to apologize to him like a man. Out comes Seth Rollins being an antagonizer, and he's like, you know what? I forgive you. And then he tells Aaliyah, like, you know, I forgive you too. I understand now. I see. It doesn't matter what your last name is. I forgive you. Now you you see that, you know, me and Murphy, we're not who you thought we were. Then, of course, Dominic came out, and he started swinging on Murphy until Murphy just lit his ass up like a Louisville slugger. He's beating the dog shit out of Dominic. Then, of course, Ray came out. And then we got the whole stare down of Ray trying to, you know, force Aaliyah to leave. Aaliyah says no. Ray and Dominic bounce. And then Murphy ends with a kiss and stares like, what you going to do about it? Tuco, what are your thoughts on the progression of this storyline? And, 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 and I understand it's entertainment. I know. I know it's entertainment. I know it's WWE. I know Aaliyah looks good. She's a beautiful, beautiful young lady. However, she is a young lady. They've reiterated a million times she's only 19. Buddy Murphy is clearly not 19. And this is the whole way that they're going with this thing. It just, it, it, it had potential at one point, but now it just seems like we're beating a dead horse. You seem to think it never was a good idea. So talk to me, man. What's on your mind? Why do you not like this segment? Why do you think it should have never started in the first place? First and foremost, this rivalry should have been over with at payback or the Monday Night Raw after payback. This should have been done with. This should no longer been a story. Two, you could have done the disciple going up against his messiah in a totally different way. Yes, you could. Three, 
again, why are you still pushing the Mysterios at Dominic? Like, I, why is the daughter involved? One, let's be honest, folks. This is the end of this story. Buddy Murphy's playing them. They're going to use this to get back at the Mysterios. Buddy Murphy's going to side back with Seth Rollins. It's a ploy. That's where I'm going with it. I don't see it as Buddy Murphy breaking away. I see it as a way for them to just further mess with the Mysterios, which means you're going to further this damn storyline, which means now I got to see more of Seth Rollins versus Dominic versus Rey Mysterio and Buddy Murphy for another three or four months. And I don't want to see it anymore. I'm done. I'm tired. I had enough. It was fun during SummerSlam. It was fun during Payback. It's almost a Survivor Series. I, I, it's done. It's over with. I don't. I don't care anymore. I don't uh, let 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 Ray and Dominic go become tag team champions. Let let Buddy Murphy try to build his star power on his own and get away from Seth Rollins and and set up a nice back and forth with Seth Rollins. I didn't mind the match they had last week. I thought that was a really damn good match they had last week. I finally got to see it even though because the show was on FS1 and not on Fox. But I actually got to see the, the match, and, and I like the match. I want to see that. I'd rather see that than to see Malia. I don't care that Malia's 19. She's an adult. Technically, at the age of nine, at you become an adult at the age of 18 in the United States, she's 19. She's an adult. If her parents are okay with her doing this, I have no damn problem with it. And one, it's TV. It's, it's WWE. Right, Kick right, right. rocks with all that other crap, man. It is what it is. <laughs> Buddy Murphy's thirty-two. Whatever, man. This is this is TV, dude. It's soap opera. This is uh, this is the male version of soap opera. Leave it hey, alone. Hey, 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 hey. And it's funny because, like, <laughs> I'm glad you said it because that's how I was thinking. Like, dude, like people really online, like really like complaining about this yeah. shit. I mean. Yeah. This is the same company that had, you know, was about to do an incest angle with Vince and stuff. So, I mean, this is a lot more tame than that. So, you know, chill, chill, no selling your tea kettle, relax. If it was Vince McMahon kissing Aaliyah, okay, then I can see that. Okay, damn, that's okay. Damn, Vince, you a creepy old dude, man. What the hell, man? You like 80 years old. This girl's like, you're her great, great, great grandfather. Like, come on, man. Like, okay. (laughs) I could see that. Now that I could see people flipping out over. Buddy Murphy's yeah. man, look, the, the story is this is they're getting they're 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 manipulating the Mysterio family. It's gonna come out. This was a hoops, this was a joke. They're gonna build up to one big epic match where Dominic may actually beat Seth Rollins in a one-on-one, because he hasn't beaten Seth Rollins in a one-on-one. I could see that happening. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I, if it doesn't turn out to be that, I'll be shocked and surprised. But I see this being just a way for Seth Rollins to get the best of the Mysterio family. The problem is we're going to have to deal with this for another month or two. And I'm I'm done with it. I don't I've lost interest in it. And one Dominic in this story in this story is not even about Dominic and Rain. It was about his damn daughter now. So it's like, you know, you you went from you went from. Ray getting his eye smashed to Dominic wanting to help get revenge for his father to now it's about his daughter wanting to be in lo- and supposedly in love with Bertie Murphy. Really? Are you really that damn naive? Like, damn, you really are that naive. And the fact that you're playing it like that. Oh, she's a no. You've been watching these dudes beat the crap out of your family. You're going to fall in love with them. I, I think something's <laughs> fucking wrong with you. So the fact that so no, I, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I understand this WWE. And don't get me wrong. I can get along with some of the, the craziness of the company. I just can't buy into that. 
you watch these people beat the crap out of your father, what they did to your father, what they did to your brother. And you're going to be in love with the dude because you feel he's oh, man, kick rocks with that. I'm done with it. I didn't care for it. I, I want it to be over. I want them to reveal that this was a hoax and, and then finish off the grand match finale or whatever it is and then move the hell on. I have had enough of Malia and the Messiah. <laughs> and that's the name of this soap opera, Malia and the Messiah. There it is. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there you go. Stephen A. Kimbrough in the building. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I, had to go on, I had to go on that rent. I, I had to do that one, man. No, no, I'm, I'm done with that. No, please, please, please. I, I think you need to say it louder for the people in the back because I think you're expressing what a lot of us are you know, feeling. And it's we are over this damn storyline. However, unfortunately, Vince, for whatever reason, WWE never wants to listen to the good shit we complain about, like the good ideas we have. But when we tell you that this is absolutely the most atrocious garbage in the history of garbage, and this is a dumpster fire waiting to explode, this is the type of shit that he's like, oh, I'm going to show you. And this is what he pushes the most. And it didn't start off that way. That was the problem. It didn't start off bad. It actually kind of started off good. So I'm like, okay, you're going to get Ray. You're going to get Dominic versus Seth Rollins. Even though I'm like, you know, to see Seth Dominic get this push over other talented guys like Buddy Murphy, I feel like a Buddy Murphy could have put on a way better match. But you were telling a good story. So it was fine. And then we all knew that Ray wanted to have an opportunity to team with his son. Okay, you team with your son. You won your first tag team match. You you should have had a, a, a final match with Seth Rollins and then moved on to go try to be tag team champions because that's your ultimate goal. Your ultimate goal is you want to be tag team champions with your son. Move on. Go, go move on. Keep your damn family at home. Put your daughter in a cage somewhere. I don't mean like that, people. But I'm just saying if she's that naive about what people are doing to her family, she don't need to be around. She needs to, she, you need to put her in a closet somewhere. Keep her away because there's no way. Thank you, baby. There's no, uh, sorry, the wife is bringing me something to drink. Um, there's no. Uh, hi, Mrs. Stephen A. Kimbrough. Hello. Oh, she heard. She just walked away. Uh, but, the, but, but I, I'm, it's, I get it. They they want to build some something out of it. I just, it, I, I feel like you went away from the main point of the story. You went away from it being about Mysterio versus Seth Rollins, even though I'm not sure if that's something people really wanted to see. But I rather watch Mysterio versus Seth Rollins, or I or or at least if Buddy Murphy's had enough of being the disciple of Seth Rollins and he mm -hmm. wants to move, excuse me, he wants to move on. That's fine. That's cool. But it shouldn't come at the expense of the Mysterio storyline. You take Dominic and you take Ray and let him teach his son how to be in this business. Go out and get opportunities one-on-one. -on -one. Go out and get an opportunity for the tag team championship. Like I actually wanted to see that because I feel like that could have been a better story. And with some of these makeshift tag teams you're having, I mean, uh, uh, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they're interesting stories, but at least I know they're good quality wrestlers. And they'll help the story further along. I, I've just had enough of the love triangle that's now going on. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, there's nothing else for me to say about this. I like you I, said. It, like you said, it, it started off initially, like you said, with the whole Seth Rollins and uh, Buddy and the Dominic Array. You know that whole when when he took his eye out and all that. Like that was perfect. It was good. But then 
it started going on too long. And when it started going on too long, it started to get stale. And then that's where I seem like a lid kind of just got thrown in there because, I mean, you've already had storylines in the past with Ray and Angie and Dominic. So now I feel like this is just another way. And But anywho. But, I, but, oh, but, I, but that's totally different because you had another great character in Ray, uh, Eddie Guerrero, who was claiming that you know, Ray, remember you couldn't have kids, so you needed my help. And you know, there was there was, you know, there was some like, oh, wait a minute. So damn Ray, you bang Angie. Oh, wait a minute, hold on, wait, what's going on here? Like there was there was some deep kind of disgusting family issues there. With this, it's just you 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 got this girl really and, and it's funny because Ray Mysterio called his daughter naive and she got upset about it. But the fact of the matter is it was 100% correct. Like he was correct. She's naive. She doesn't understand what's going on. She doesn't understand the manipulation of what you're doing. And she took offense to it and they ran with it. But it's like, but it's the truth. You don't know what the hell is going on. Why are you getting mad about a guy that's getting beaten up, that, that beat the crap out of your father and your son and your brother? I Bro. mean, look what the, so it's like, why? Why? Why are you doing this? This is what confuses me. You took part in the family ass whooping of kendo sticks. <laughs> you and, 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 and the thing is, y'all beat the man so bad that people was like, you know what? Okay, I wanted them to get the revenge, but now I feel like they're going too far. It's like so it's like, all right, man, you you all of a sudden after you beat the hell out of them, you 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 Oh, you you want to forgive them and you want to fall in love with them and you're text messaging each other and you're DMing each other and it's like I no no I don't care no Malia go go home go home Malia <laughs> go or go to development if you're going to be a wrestler cool go to development go practice wrestling get away get off this get off the main roster get out of this storyline please end this story and just set up the Mysterios as tag team champions. And go forward. Yeah. Seth Rollins has better things to do. Bertie Murphy has better things to do. Ray and Dominic have better things to do other than this story. Yeah. Please move forward. Next up, we got the Street Profits versus Cesaro and Shinsuke. Uh, it, it, this match is in. Yeah. I will say the, the one moment, the one highlight of this match, and I think you probably did you see this match? Okay, so then it I, was I, I skimmed through it because I'm 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 so tired of watching Cesaro and Nakamura lose. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm it's it's like it's 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 depressing. So I well, I didn't really want to watch it because I knew they were losing. I I did too, but there's one part, and you know I want you to, you know look it up later. Mm-hmm. It was one part where Ford was running and <laughs> Cesaro. I don't know how he did it. But he somehow yoked the hell out of him and dude went like a good eight, nine, ten feet in the air over the barricade. But it happened so fast in a way, the way they cut the commercial break, it almost looked like that was supposed to happen that way. Like he he threw Montez too far because they cut fast as hell. But long story short, you already know Montez picked up the victory via frog splash. Next segment, we got Sami Zayn talking about he's a better champion than Lashley. Now he's going to beat him at the upcoming. He's Survivor. a better champion of the continents of the people. You got to remember how he said it. Oh, the yeah. better champion of all the continents, and he's a people's champ. He's a champion of the people and yeah. all this other stuff. But you notice he didn't mention Saudi Arabia or not Saudi Arabia. Uh, 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 uh where, where was the uh, back? Where, where were the uh, the the shows at? 
overseas. No, Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia. Okay, yeah, you notice he didn't mention them because they don't allow him in his belief in who he is. They don't allow him there. So you know he didn't mention there. He's not the people of them because they don't like him there. But it was like, and you're only the champion of one country. So it's like, and we can we talk about that country all day. So, it, you know, so I'm like, damn, Sami Zayn, you are an asshole, and I like it. I like, I like it. I hope he beats Bobby Lashley. I, I, I I'm sure he. I'm, I'm sure of it. I'm I, sure. I, I, I don't. One, I don't want to see Bobby Lashley in this match. Uh, I feel like there would be a better person for for Sammy, so it'd be a better quality match. Where I'm not saying Bobby Lashley can't handle him, but I, it's just, uh, eh. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just not nothing you, you want to see. I mean, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. agree. All right. We got the main event. Damn, this storyline just Okay, goes. first and foremost, before we talk about the main event, the way the show started with Jay already being in the ring, with Roman and Paul Heyman walking down and just looking with that, that, that gl- just gloating look on their faces that year. And then Jay's promo of, I hate you. You know, you ain't had to do me like that. We family, we it is, you know. And then Roman just standing there and talking softly and calm and just being like, look, I told you so. I told you what was happening. I told you what you need to do to be the WWE Universal Champion. And you weren't ready for it. The level and the lengths that you got to go through to be this top guy, you weren't ready for it. And I told you that. And yes, the only reason you would say I quit was because of your brother. And I took advantage of that. I had no problem with all of that. That just further built the story and what was going to come up for the main event because he gave him to the end of the night to say what he was going to do. So that whole, and just that delivery of him being so calm and letting him know, yo, I told you I would do whatever it takes to be the head of the table, but I love you. And it was just like, damn, you psychotic mother. Oh, yeah. Damn, that's awesome. I can I man, can we hurry and get to the main event so I can see what the hell is going on, even though I watched the show. But it's like, damn, y'all are killing it with this story. Y'all better spring Jimmy back to SmackDown so y'all can continue this and move it forward. But go ahead and go ahead and, and, and talk with the main event. But I, I wanted to make sure we mentioned what yeah. happened at the beginning because that played a big part. And what happened at the main event? Well, well, I'm glad you said that because yeah, and so like so like you said, Jay was like, I hate you, I hate you. And first of all, man, okay, Jay, you this big thug ass motherfucker, man. Big cocky, just jacked ass motherfucker. And he up here, but you but but because this is family, because this is your family, this is your big cousin. Like, no matter how grown you get, you this is so personal. It's yeah. so Personal. I love it. I love. I love the emotion. We we talk about different layers. We talk about death. Jay Uso. You know the Usos for the most part of their career, man. They've been pretty, you know, fun loving, kind of jokey, jokey. They can get serious, but you know, it's like kind of things. Yeah. yeah but, but but this right here, Jay, like, oh no, it's all business. He's like, why you gotta do me like that? Why you gotta? And just you see, he like he crying, he tearing up. You know, it's not coming out of his nose because I feel like I'm watching. Eight, nine, ten year old Jay and eight, nine, ten year old Roman, and they out there in the backyard and they playing. And you know, every time Jay shoot the ball, Roman's getting all the love. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Roman out there blocking all the shots. You know, every time Jay trying to do something good, Roman getting all the love. Like, oh, look at Big Cuz. Like, how come you can't be like him? Why you can't be like him? You see what he doing? Why can't you do that? And this seemed like even as children, that has manifested into their adult life. You know, you come to WWE, I'm wrestling, my brother wrestling, he wrestling. We all got, look, we are one of the most winningest tag teams out there. We are one of the best tag teams to ever do this. And guess what? Here's a guy that no matter what, it's two of us. And this guy is always overshadowing us. This guy's the face of the company. This guy's getting all the merch. This guy's getting the push. And it's like, what about me? What about me? Why can't there be enough for all of us? It's always about you. And I love it. I love it. I love it. Man. Okay. So now that we got, now, now that we set that up, you got Daniel Bryan, Jay Uso. And I'm going to be on, you know what? I love Daniel Bryan so much for this. I respect the hell out of Daniel Bryan for this because this match ended with about five, six minutes left. Not only did the match go pretty quick on Jay Uso's side, but Daniel Bryan went out on his back. Like, Daniel really didn't put up much of a fight. Like, Jay really took it to Daniel. And then when Roman came down the ramp and he was like, yeah, I make him understand. Make him understand how much you love me. I understand, Oops. I understand, Oops. Who fall in line? I understand, Oops. I get it. I get it. And to see like that switch, it was almost like you gave a pit bull a command. It was like Jay was just on standby. Like, as soon as Roman came down, Jay looked up and he like, all right, I know what I got to do now. And as soon as Roman gave him that command, Jay's like, okay. Okay, then boom, switch. He just started going like Hulk smash on that ass. And it was awesome. And then when he did that, for, uh, that, uh, that, uh, that Uso splash through the announce table, icing on the cake there. You see Roman with a little smug look. And he walked off because his boy just did his job for him. You know, he he, he put his hitters out there on the block. And they pow, pow, got him with the one-two. You know what I'm saying? Hit his ass with a two-piece and a biscuit. Hey, man, what? are your thoughts i am way more invested in jay uso in this storyline than i ever imagined possible roman reigns i am the biggest fan i am your biggest fan right now you are killing it paul Heyman, he's doing so good paul Heyman, i don't even think uttered a word hmm. he did but then he got the mic taken from him so first and foremost let, let's let me give props where props need to be due daniel bryan and roman reigns have clearly went to vince mcmahon and said in order for you to have what you want, you got to actually push people. You can no longer continue to do what you're doing because we can't do this forever. The fact that dealing with the illness that I have to deal with and the COVID virus and what's going on, I had to step away. You lost something. Daniel Bryan had to step away because his wife was having a baby. He's almost looking at retirement. You've got and also Daniel Bryan is pushing for Big E because Daniel Bryan is a big opponent to why Big E is getting yes. a push. And the reason for that is because and I'm and I don't know the, the conversation, but I'm assuming it's you can't keep relying on the older talent to maintain and be what you want us to be. I mean, you tried that with Randy Orton. That only worked so long. And now, you know, you you had no choice but to put him up against Drew. I mean, how many times was he going to face a legend and, and, and punt their legend's head out? You can't keep bringing back all these old people and thinking that's going to dominate the story. Goldberg. Uh, you know, you can't keep doing that. You got to push these guys that are good. You're just not you're you're so used to seeing them in this stagnant role because that's where you're used to putting them. I, I say it. I said it once. We all said it. COVID has 
forced Vince McMahon to give some people an opportunity because some people weren't comfortable with being there. They weren't sure how things were going to work and what was going to happen with the world. So when they did decide to do stuff, you were giving people an opportunity. And, um, <clears throat> and, 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 and because you were giving people opportunity, you got to see some people shine a light. You got to see a guy like Apollo Crews, who isn't bad, but can prove he can actually he can actually handle himself. You got to see guys like uh, uh, well, Carlito and not Carlito Carrillo and Alistair Black. Even though I I hated that Alistair Black lost all his matches to Kevin Owens, but you kind of got to see some of these guys. We always said, man, if Oscar ever got a real push, if they ever gave Oscar that real opportunity, man, what you could you do? And who's been one of the best people since yeah. the day one of this? It's been Oscar. Yeah. She has been on fire doing what she's doing. And so has Sasha and Bailey. So has so many other people. But they wouldn't be that way if you still had Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair and all these other people that you were constantly pushing and not giving these other people opportunity. So the fact that when Daniel Bryan said, I like seeing guys like Jay Uso get an opportunity. He didn't lose to Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns didn't beat him. So I don't think, you know, Jay Uso has anything to look down on. And when you think about it, he's right. Like Roman Reigns had to result to, you know, cheap shots to really beat him. He couldn't really beat him, beat him. But that's that's the testament to them putting over people and, and showing Vince these guys can do it. You just got to give them the opportunity and you got to make the situation almost right for them to and then to, you know, to see what they can do with it. And we just saw that with Jay Uso. We saw it leading up to Hell in a Cell. We saw the reaction and the emotion after Hell in a Cell. And then once he gets into the ring and once Roman Reigns and he tells Roman Reigns, all right, man, all right, I'm, I'm with you. All right, I'm, I'm going to do this, even though you can tell he so doesn't want to do it. But it's that emotion. Like you say, it's that fact that this is this hints on family of one being uh, uh, excuse me, one being better than the other and one getting praise when the other one uh, because, the, you know, the, the, the little ones don't get do as good as the bigger ones or the, or the, the cousins more talented. So you had all that. The beat down on Daniel Bryan was fine. The match, the match was what, 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes. It was a long match, but it was long enough for what it needed to be. Um, I'm, I'm all for it now. It's just, now it's like, well, one, I, and I called it, I said, man, what I can see from this is if when they're going to have a match where Roman Reigns is going to have his, his cousins be his henchmen and they're going to be the henchmen and they're going to do all his dirty bidding until one of them flips on them. And I see that and we got it. We, we finally got it also. And, and not to throw anything off. I got to mention, uh, Sasha and Bailey, I love the fact they did exactly what I wanted them to do. I mm -hmm. wanted Bailey to come out and say, I'm not worried, Sasha, because you know what? Though you won, but we all know you can't retain. So I yeah, I, I, yeah. I know I'm, I'm, I then jumped off topic, but I wanted to throw that out there because that was the best part about that segment that I like. I don't want to talk about the whole segment. Yeah. I just like that fact that they acknowledge that and they're using that to set up the next match, even though it's on TV and I think it should be on the pay-per-view, but that's a different story. You know uh, what? Uh, but go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go. Ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. What, what was you gonna say? Well, well, well see, I, well, the thing was, I remember what you said. You said that Sasha needed a match. I believe, if if, if I'm if I'm remembering correct, I believe you said that if Sasha does win the title, which we know she would eventually, that she would need a match in between to prove that she can at least defend the title one good time successfully. Right. So, 
So I'm I'm not mad that her first match would be on TV because okay, at least if she get that one out the way, it's like all right, cool. Now she got momentum going into it. It's not going in wondering like, damn, she may or may not. Well, my only thing is because you already advertised Oscar versus Sasha Banks, which honestly I think you would want that match for Survivor Series. There's no title on the line. So you yeah. can set this thing up. So now you kind of have something for after Survivor Series. That's what that's that's my only thing that I'm saying about it is I, I thought that they would do that after Survivor Series, but they're doing the match before Survivor Series. That's that's my only kind of disagreement with it. Is right. I thought it would I thought it would go after Survivor Series. You that way you got time to set up to whatever your next pay-per-view is, and you got time to set up a new number one contender. Because now you can build up that Bailey that Sasha need to win. Uh, <clears throat> uh, but but because it's Bailey and it's Sasha, I'm good with it. I just didn't expect it to be next week. Maybe two weeks from now. I, I don't know. But I, 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 I'm I okay with it. I just didn't expect it to come this early. But to get back to Daniel Bryan and, and Usos uh, and, and, and Roman Reigns, again, great segment, the storyteller. I, I don't care if the match is the greatest match. The guys, the, the match was good enough to do what it needed to do as far as the main event. And then once Roman Reigns come down, that just upped the ante a little bit. But as far as the segment, the what happened, the beatdown, the 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 the, uh, the dive off the top rope through the announcers table, him banging Daniel Bryan's head on the table, and then grabbing a chair and sitting in the chair because it, it went off. But you see him getting the chair. You could see him. You knew he was getting ready to sit there and just kind of rock it himself and just kind of question what the hell is he doing. So right. it's like I, I kind of wish they would have showed that emotion because that this this storyline is emotion driven, and because it's so emotionally driven that this is this ah man I I had no problem with the beginning because the beginning set up the ending and the ending it was exactly what I wanted it to be. So now we got a new thing going forward. I, I, I I'm good, man. I, I can't wait to see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. This is I'm probably this is probably the most hype I am for a storyline. It's definitely these two. Roman Reigns, he just unlocked another tier of like superstardom to me. Jay he went to promo school one on one. He got Paul Heyman. He he went back to promo school and and he he upped his game. He he definitely upped his game, man. Yeah, Paul is a great addition. But and the thing I like with Paul uh, and and Roman is. Yes, Paul has been paired with Roman to be sort of a mouthpiece. But unlike with Brock, Roman has actually proven like, okay, he can go to bat on the mic for himself. Like it's times now where Paul Heyman talks and he snatches the mic from Paul like, hey, I got this. I got this. And then what I really like, and I'm going to wrap this up, what I really like about Roman's promos is whenever – He's 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 begging to be acknowledged. He's demanding to be acknowledged, and nobody, uh, you know, the the people or the person that he wants it from doesn't give it to him. And you see Paul Heyman; he knows what a badass he is. And he's you're like, "You're my tribal chief. You're yeah. my tribal chief." He's like, "I got you. I got you." And then he's like, "You shut your damn lips. I don't want to hear from you. I want to hear from him." <laughs> and then Paul Heyman's just sitting there, like, "Okay, what, okay, I, I tried. I tried." Okay. And, and but but Paul Heyman's doing his job, like listening to him talk on the pre-show before Hell in a Cell, or was that talking smack? 
Uh, I can't remember which one it was, but him giving the reason what would happen if Roman Reigns was to lose. Like Paul Heyman is just that guy. He is just that guy. He knows how to do what he does, and he's great at what he does. That's why he doesn't do scripted promos because <laughs> you you got to be organic. And Paul Heyman is being organic. And like you say, with Roman Reigns being more talkative than Brock Lesnar, because Brock Lesnar didn't care to talk. But I don't think Brock Lesnar would ever have said anything as powerful or potent in a promo to where it's like, you know what, this guy is better than me at it. I'd rather just stand there and look menacing and let him speak for me and make it help me look the, the menacing part. With Roman Reigns, it's his soft tone and the way he talks. It's the fact that, you know, he's just so just so calm and when he say it, but then you know he's being so manipulative and he's being so de- deceiving. So it's it 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 all it's it's a perfect pair because though he is the the tribal council for the tribal chief, uh, the special counsel. I'm sorry, he's the special counsel for the tribal chief. Uh, I like what he's doing because it's not it's not predictable of what he did with Brock Lesnar. Right. You know, and that's the one thing people wonder: like, is he gonna do? Is this gonna be the same thing for for Roman like it was with Brock? And it's not. It's something totally different. And because uh, Paul knows so much of Roman's family and his history and who they are and have worked with them. It just makes them the mer- perfect addition to what's going on, and man, I'm I'm all good for it, man. I, I, great, uh, not a bad episode of SmackDown, uh, but the 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 main topic and story for me was Jimmy and Roman. I'm sorry, J- uh, Jay and Roman, and then what they would set up for Sasha and Bailey, and they did that. Um, everything else on the show was just kind of filler in between. Well, ladies and gentlemen, with that being said, thank you once again for tuning in to an episode of the GOW. As always, man, as yours truly, the tribal chief, the franchise, the showstopper. We got the flyers in the room, Mr. One, two, three, pin that ass down, Stephen A. Kimbrough. And yeah, so we 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 did a little something extra for y'all, man. We gave y'all NXT, we gave you AEW, we gave you SmackDown. Now, the only thing you guys have to do for us is like and subscribe that's it it's free and 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 let the people know like hey man you like wrestling hey man listen to these dudes man let it let it play in the background while you're washing dishes or you know doing push-ups or whatever it is you're doing just let us play in the background man let us listen talk and you know hopefully you like it but yeah just just pass it along to a fellow wrestling fan if they don't know man give us a shot you know tell a friend to tell a friend and look if you don't want to listen to us on youtube look us up on spotify look us up on google uh podcast look us up on apple podcast you know you can put this in your pocket listen to us at the gym we have multiple ways to get to you all you got to do is like comment share subscribe if there's anything we miss anything you want us to talk about please feel free hit us up man make this interactive because we don't do it for ourselves all the time we do it for you as well generations of wrestling facebook instagram get on it look us up we're there we appreciate you. And with that being said, man, things ain't been the same since the Geo Dub stepped in the game. For all the other jabroni ass podcasts, finish first, never last. It's your boy, the franchise. He's Stephen A. Kimbrough, and we out. Peace. Doses. <laughs>